Welcome to Unshakable with Human Design, the show dedicated to helping entrepreneurs use human design to shift from hustle to flow without sacrificing results. Come here to become an unshakable human and build an unshakable business according to your human design. I'm your host, Nicole Lano. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unshakable with Human Design. I'm your host, Nicole Lano. And I am here with a guest today. I am so excited to have this woman on. She and I met several months ago. She came, she did a reading with me, and she has joined the Human Design Lab. She is a powerhouse. I love the women that I attract through readings, especially. I love that people that come to me, I'm like, these people are so amazing. And she's agreed to be on the show today. She is the operations manager for an eight-figure company, and she's currently figuring out what's next. And that's what you've been diving into your human design for. Her name is Lexi Maitland. She is a 1-3 pure generator. And we're going to be talking about human design, what's next, and how you can find your next business, your next career move, your next marketing strategy inside your chart, but also by including who you are as a person. So I'm so excited to have you here, Lexi. Thank you for joining the show. I'm excited. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. What else? Yes. Introduce yourself <laughs> to the audience. I know that there's a lot that I did not include. Yeah. What else would you like everybody to know before uh, we start? Yeah. I think I have a lot of the entrepreneurial um, history that everybody else did. So I came from a corporate career. I was in banking. I find that so far I've gone through kind of like five-year seasons. And so for the first five years since I had turned 18, I was a little baby, I was in the banking industry. And when I was... <laughs> In the uh, banking industry, I just wanted more. There was always this craving of, okay, what's next? What's next? I would feel like I became the master and I was promoted six times. And so after I left the banking industry, I went into insurance and realized that wasn't for me either. And then I was asked um, by now my partner who asked me if I wanted to help him manage the operations. At that point, it was just the administrative side of Sunlight Solar, and I have grown with him ever since. And this is year four, going on five. So I'm excited now that we're towards that five-year mark. I'm like, okay, what else do I want to do, you know? And so now that I found Human Design about December of last year, so I'm coming up on my one-year mark, and it has been so much fun learning and embodying human design. And I found it through you. Saw it on this Facebook group and I was like, oh, what is this? And I'm a Spotify junkie. And so I just pulled up Spotify and I typed in human design and you popped up and you've been in my life ever since. So I'm excited to be here. Well, and I'm so happy that you did. I'm happy. Thank you, Spotify, for delivering my show (laughs) to Lexi. So that we could be sitting here right now. And the reason I asked you to be on the show was because you've really gone into the Human Design Lab, our our membership, and between the reading and the membership, you've really put it into action, which is really what it's all about. Most people are looking, they're playing kind of a head game with human design, and that doesn't work, Mm -hmm. usually leads to more confusion. And we're going to talk a little bit about how even the best of us, it's so hard to not get caught in the information details. What does this mean? Am I deviating from this? Am I on my path? It says that this is my conscious son and this is my purpose. Is this Mm -hmm. the right move for me? And I just got a text from a friend. She was just like, is this an an alignment for me or isn't it? Only you will know that, but there's always the person's actual life to take into consideration. We're still a person who's learned the things that we've learned. We are still out there and we have the skills that we have. We have the history that we have. 
And then we have the nature that we came in with, which is the chart. You've embraced strategy and authority. You've really gone in and done the work. And I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you, how has that shifted the way you operate versus the way you were before human design? What's changed in that for you? Yes, I found that human design really allowed me to embrace the investigative line for me. Mm-hmm. As a 1-3, I lean pretty heavy into the the one aspect. And so I'm very investigative. And I actually found that the experimental nature of my 3 line has really almost tripped me up. It was like, yeah, that was a common theme for me. But now it's like, oh, I'm a 3 line. And I, at first, when I took the individual pieces of human design for the first three to six months, I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I was so sad to be a 3 line, but it really has been a common theme for me. And now I found that I'm using it as more of a, okay, I have to make mistakes. I have mm-hmm. to go out and test and tweak those small aspects my head centers to find too. And so I'm like, okay, I overthought that. I didn't really listen to my body. Let's go back. Let's do it again. And so now, most recently, like probably within the last few weeks, I've been embracing the three line a lot more. So I think the lab's been a game changer for me because I realized that I really have to embody more of the human design and not just look at it as information. So that's where I'm at so far in my journey. And I'm glad that I've got here. It's been fun. Well, and it's what allows you to get into your body, especially so just to give you guys a background, Lexi has the head center and Ajna center defined, and then she has her G center and her sacral center defined, and then everything else is undefined. And it's two individual channels as well that define both of these for you. It's the 6124 from the head to the Ajna, and it's the 142, the channel of the beat that runs from the sacral to the G center. Now, these are individual in nature, so they are about creation. They are about your own personal journey. And then you're a one-three, very much about your own personal journey. When we break them apart into the one line and the three line, and it's important to do that to understand what they both are, but it's honestly, one-threes to me, you guys can be so brave, so courageous. You're just like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And there's usually a lot of joy in the doing, and I envy that. Because I have the one, but I've got the five, which has a whole other (laughs) vibe. And the five's in the front. It's totally different. But whenever I see one threes, one threes have a real, I think, there's like a zest for life. It's like, I want to dig into everything and then let's do it. And that's kind of it at its best. I look at like Beyonce's one three. There's these people that were just... That was so cool. I know, right? And if, if you look at other really successful people, a lot of people are one threes. It's a very common profile for people that took big risks with themselves, mm-hmm. bet on themselves. Yeah. So uh, th- that's just a reframe that I like to give people with with the three line because y'all can get real down on yourselves. <laughs> oh, God, I'm a three. I'm going <laughs> to screw everything up. I mean, I'm terrified to fail. That has been my my kryptonite because of the projections yeah. of the five and the one that wants to be perfect as well, that and I have one three line in my whole darn design, just one, one lone three line in there. And yeah. it's really, it's about the trial and error. That's how you succeed in life. It's taking action. Mm-hmm. So you guys are action takers. Yeah. At your highest yeah. expression. I'm excited. I feel that that's been my history in like the five year seasons. So it's been really cool just to kind of jump in, and take action. Well, that's the other thing with these five year seasons. The other thing, yeah. the three is detached. So the three is detached Mm -hmm. from things, meaning they run its course. 
It's like, okay, next. And in its highest expression, you allow yourself to do that, to not get stuck and say, it's got to be this forever, because that's death for the three, because you're all about new and improved. Next. What's next? Because you guys are here to break (laughs) things, fix them, do them better, and then move on to the next one that you're here to mess around Mm -hmm. with, figure out, and elevate. So don't rob us of you doing that because what you have is not just for you it is for other people any individual circuitry which is what you have you have two channels and they're both individual they're going to be about you empowering yourself and then other people being empowered Mm -hmm. based on that example that you set great perspective so we were talking before we started the show and you were talking about this direction that you feel like you're going to go in and i'm going to ask you to share that with everybody And then you were wondering about how it lays over with your human designs. So can you share with everyone what you share with me before? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the idea right now is that I've listened to everything that you've taught me on human design. And I felt that the incarnation cross, I have the right angle cross at the Sphinx. And I felt that that was much more about being an empathetic ear, a guiding light to a lot of people. And I was trying to articulate that in how can I make that my own way? and follow something that I could truly talk about. I have an undefined throat. And so what can I find that lights me up to talk about to anybody and everybody who will listen? And what does that look like from a business standpoint? And how can I make that lucrative? And so the idea is that I have more holistic views than what I grew up with. And the holistic views lean more Western you know, I have chickens and my kids eat very natural foods. We stay away from dyes, things like that. And I could talk about those things for hours. And so I was trying to figure out what are ways that I can find a lucrative path towards education and teaching people why and how I made that decision and how it can benefit them. So that way I can intertwine the incarnation cross. And so we make all of our soaps naturally. We make our candles from soy wax natural. We have chickens that produce natural eggs, which is something that I took on this year. And so it was just like our foods are from scratch. And so all of these things that I live and do on a daily basis that I could genuinely talk for hours about, I'm now going down a path of, I feel like I'm jumping 10 years back, but I'm going to go down an avenue of blogging and YouTube and vlogging and showing people just our daily life and then figuring out how I can intertwine a business aspect of that. So that's the idea. That's what's coming to fruition. I've recorded a couple hours worth of videos that I now have to figure out how to edit. So it's a little bit more of just figuring out the tech side of it, which I'm excited for because I also had a brand called TechLux. And so there's so many different things I've came across, but this is the one that lands for me. And really, I felt the sacral yes. And so this is the path that I'm going down. Okay. So now, what is it about your direction, like what you want to do that you feel doesn't jive with your incarnation cross? And just to let everybody know who's listening and you're not familiar with all the four gates of the particular name of the incarnation cross, which I'm assuming most of you don't. Lexi is the right angle cross of the Sphinx. And these don't have to be in the same order, but her conscious sun is 13. her, Her conscious earth is seven. Her unconscious sun is one. And her unconscious earth is gate two. So that's just to give Mm -hmm. everybody a little background. But what is it about the Sphinx? Like, why do you feel like it might be wrong? When I first learned about the incarnation cross and not pairing it with any aspect of 
what what else my design tells me because I knew very little until getting into the labs and now I feel like I'm truly able to embody it. And when I looked at that as its own point of reference and kind of like that guiding light that it's like, okay, this is what I'm here to do. I looked at that and said, oh, I'm supposed to be a coach. I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. a guiding light for other people. And I'm supposed to have a listening ear and provide more direction. And I pondered that for a couple months and really thought that's what I'd eventually do. But I didn't feel like a master at anything my one line showed. But I didn't feel that I would really be a master in showing other people anything that I had learned, even though I've, I've accomplished a lot over the last 10 years. And so anyway, that just didn't sit right with me, at least not in this season. And so I think looking at it from a perspective of what does the next five years look like, I'm sure towards the latter half, that'll probably be the the end or the beginning of that next season. But right now, I looked at that as it was by itself and mm. that I didn't feel called to be a coach. And so I'd like your perspective on the business idea that I have now that really feels fitting for me and with overlaying the incarnation cross. So first of all, when you thought it meant being a coach, did you want to be a coach at that time? Yeah. Yeah. So we can tend to do that where at the time where we're like confirmed, what I want to do is part of my purpose. Yes, I knew it. And this is where working with the design and deepening your connection to all the parts of it, but particularly, most importantly, your strategy and authority. What you want to do, what lights you up as a sacral being, as a pure generator, where you don't have any emotional frequency that's messing with any of that, you just know. Mm -hmm. Your knowing is going to be whatever lights you up is going to be the guiding light for you. So rather than being like, it should be this, it should be that, because it might change. You're a three line, probably going to change. It doesn't mean it's going to radically change, although that might happen too. But you're also young. There's a lot of life ahead of you. So to think that it's going to be like this one box, that's not necessarily the case. Now, as a generator and not a manifesting generator, there might be more relation to the things that you do where you really build something. And I think you've done that in those Uh five-year blocks. You've really built things. And then it's time for you to move on to a new thing. But there's mastery. You even Mm. used that word when you were explaining it that there's mastery there. And that's what generators are here to do. You're here to master some things. And it's for you to be sharing what it is that you have mastered. Now, with the incarnation cross, I have so many clients in my world right now, too, that are going through this where you can get really stuck in these details. And it's, I think, part of why I love what I do, because this is what I'm good at, is working with you on showing you, let's look at your life and let's look at it through this lens. And then you follow strategy and authority. It's not like, yes, right answer. Let's go. It's now you wait for responses to see if that's where it's all guiding you. But it can illuminate you and make you feel more held. You have a defined head. You're going to feel much better if you feel like you understand something. (laughs) You're a one line. You're really going to feel better if you feel like you understand something. (laughs) And knowing yourself there and knowing what your gifts are to give you that courage to take those leaps in that direction. But to the incarnation cross, Mm -hmm. so with gate 13, I think where you were talking about feeling like a guide and feeling like you were supposed to be taking in other people's stuff might come from that gate 13, Mm -hmm. which is the gate of the listener. Was that the one that made you feel like since that's your conscious son and it has to do with 
listening and reflecting and all of that, that that was why it had to do with other people. Okay. So first of all, as a one three, your destiny is yours. It's not as dependent on other people. And as a sacral being, it's going to be about what lights you up. Not that it doesn't matter what other people do, but what the gate 13 is really about is about taking in experiences of yourself and others. But typically with, if you have gate 13, people love telling you their stuff. That might just be a natural thing that happens where yeah. people are like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but that, that happens to a lot of people who right. hold this gate. Does that happen to you? Oh, all Do the you, time. All yeah. the time. So that's going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are there to help that person. Although you might, you lend your ear. That's what you do. But do you go mm-hmm. around collecting all of those stories and... I'm going to use an example that is not based in reality. I'm riffing here on something that you said. You said you made your own soaps. So if Mm -hmm. throughout your life you heard horrible stories of people getting diseases from the chemicals that they put in personal care products, if you heard Mm -hmm. about the companies and what they were doing with the dollars that they make from creating these products, the pollution. If you were taking in all of these personal stories and these bigger stories and you were taking them in and that caused you to say, I want to do something different and I want to do something different for me Mm -hmm. and for others, because it is a collective gate. There is that element to it. That's the essence of this. I always think about that whole channel there is the channel of the prodigal, which was really about going around and collecting the stories of all the villagers before we had internet and phones and mail and all of that stuff. Literally, someone would go around, talk to all of the villagers, hear their stories, and then write a book on the history of this town and what's happening here. What can we learn from the past so that we don't repeat the errors of the past and that we can improve things for the future? That's the essence of this gate. So don't get too literal about the listening, like, oh, that means that I'm supposed to coach people. You can, you might, Mm -hmm. but more importantly is if it lights you up. If coaching lights you up, then rock on, go do it. But if it doesn't, then you want to walk away from that and be opening yourself up to more and greater possibilities here. Now, you Mm -hmm. also have three other gates as part of your incarnation cross. The Sphinx isn't just about listening. I mean, if you look at it, the way that it's shaped, it's four points all sit in the G center. So it's all about identity. It's all about identity and direction. And all of these gates, these are mostly roll gates. And you see that they even shape like the form of an arrow. If you look at them defined, it's like the bottom Uh point, the top point, and then the two on the side. It's like a little arrow. And then you also have the 214 channel, the channel of the beat that connects to the two. So it's almost like your arrow's longer. Your arrow has power. Meaning that when you decide the direction that you are going in, you tend to just get there. It's really interesting to me. I have friends that have this and I'm always just like, dang, that must be cool. Because you just have this real sense of an inner GPS and you know how to lead the way. You know how to creatively express it, how to put it out, how to be it, how to be in that direction. And you just tend to know. There is this sense of Mm -hmm. inner knowing. Do you feel that? I do. Yeah. It's interesting because I have a wide split since I don't have Mm -hmm. the throat defined. And when I would come up with an idea and it would feel like a yes, I would often internalize it and think over and over and over again. I would give it less power, even though it was something exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I would talk myself out of it. 
Um, and it was such a, a toxic pattern that I realized. And when I realized it, I was like, I can't do that anymore. Um, and so going back to the sacral listening, listening to my body. And then when I realized that I could just teach other people, specifically moms, but that's the nurturing nature side of me of just wanting to be more connected uh, with like-minded people anyway. But yes, long answer. But yeah, for sure. When you said long arrow, that made me question as to why it's taken me so long to finally get here. You know, if it was like, okay, I wasn't listening to my body because I would become super in my head and overthink it, overanalyze it, and then come back to my sacral and what lights me up. I'm just going to point something out why it took you so long. I'm going to share a personal detail, which is that Lexi is 28 years old. Like it took you so long. You haven't even reached that Saturn (laughs) return yet. You're not even 30 years old. And you are wondering why it took you so long. Um, girl, if I could tell you my story of, of all the wrong turns I took before I got to this point, like you, you run it, you, you run operations for an eight figure company. You have, you've had a successful career in banking. I, I, I'd like to just shift that, you know, open ego, maybe (laughs) that feeling that you need to prove yourself that you should be further (laughs) along, that you should be more successful. Open root, open ego. But I'm hoping that what I'm hearing here, when you talked about your wide split, that the fact that you would know the direction yeah. that you were going, you would you would know it, but you would question it because it would maybe be about how am I going to get it out there? How like that nervousness of will I be able to speak about it, put it out in the world, right? Will I be able to do this consistently. This is how our openness, uh-huh. our conditioning, keeps us from our true purpose and our true passion. Because we question what is right. Mm -hmm. So I I love that that shift is happening because ultimately there are ways to decondition faster. Obviously, if we have trauma, you know, I think about Malala where she was shot for speaking up. Like if you have trauma that you need to work through before you can speak again, that's a different story. But otherwise, strategy and authority Uh will get you like 80 percent there. If you just say, no, that's not the correct thing for me. That fear is not me. This sacral yes is Mm -hmm. me. I've just got to swallow it and do it. I've got to feel the yeah. fear and do it anyway. And it gives you that mechanism to know when the fear is real and when it isn't. It gives you that thing of saying like, no, I trust uh-huh. my guidance system. And your guidance system is particularly strong. You have the fuel right. that fuels your direction. When you get a yes, mm-hmm. if it's a real yes for you, not a head yes. And this is something else that we talked about. Your mm-hmm. defined head and your defined ajna. This is one of the more common problems when people say like, I I don't know if I feel my sacral. I don't know if I can feel my yes. A lot of times those are people who have either an emotional center that's defined, which can mess with that frequency and make us not feel as sure, or defined head. Mm -hmm. If if you have the defined mind and the defined head, then it's it's very easy to stay in your head and and for it to take power because it does have power. Your thoughts have power. Your thoughts are very transmittable, where when you say something that is correct, that you really believe in, people will probably be very open to accepting it without even checking it. They're just like, that Mm -hmm. sounds true to me. It carries a frequency of truth. So it can be Mm -hmm. very easy to rely on your mind, to stay in your mind, but that's not your authority either. So bringing it back Mm -hmm. to that, if it's a hell yes, I go, even if it doesn't make sense, even if I'm scared to death, I got to go. Mm-hmm. 
and see where right. it gets you. I'm guessing that you're not taking the leap to jump off buildings and things like that that are truly dangerous. The experiment is let's see where this goes. Yeah, that's been so common for me. And I also wanted to mention the deconditioning guide. You mentioned that often on the podcast. And the deconditioning guide, I think I downloaded in April. And I wish as soon as I found you that I had downloaded it sooner. But that really helped me look at each center as an individual and say, okay, the emotional center, that is an area of being, I was conditioned. And Mm -hmm. there was some trauma that I needed to specifically work on within the emotional center And then my throat, when we did our reading, you had mentioned how that should look in a healthy manner. And when I answered you on the reading, I was like, no, I don't actually use my throat. Yes, it's a BS detector. I could see that, but I don't use it to draw attention to myself. And then there were subtle ways after our reading that I was like, oh, maybe I do. (laughs) And so the deconditioning guide really helped me to just look at everything as a whole, but as an individual and say, okay, that one needs work. So anyway, if you're listening to this, go grab it if you haven't. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. That's really great. Yeah, you can DM me decondition and we will send you that guide right away and we'll link it up in the show notes. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. I'm happy to hear that was so effective for you. I know I love that guide. And it really can be that simple. It really can be just breaking it down into the pieces and saying, these are the ones that are not me. These are the ones that are going to try to pull me off my course and keep me safe. And stuck is usually where that leaves us. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Because I can't believe that we're already out of time, but we are here at the end of the episode already. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, ask, or anything before we wrap up? No, I've just been so grateful since I found you and since I joined the labs. And even from a partner aspect and a relational aspect, I've looked at my kids' human design and listened to your videos and said, oh, wow, I can see where I need to leverage these gifts. And then my partner pushing him or guiding him, not pushing him into a direction where I see he may be living in the shadow frequency and how he can level up. So kudos to you. I'm grateful. So thank you for having me on today. Thank you for being here. And just one last question. What would you say to somebody who's thinking about joining the lab? Oh my gosh, do it and don't question it. I missed most recently the round table and I was so sad that I missed it. I had another meeting conflicting, but just do it. I think, especially if you're looking at human design from an aspect of individual centers and like in the beginning, I was so guilty. I was like, oh, I have this gate in my personality moon. What does that mean? Is that why I have bad dreams? Looking at it as an individual is so limiting and realizing how you can use this information to embody so much more of who you are as an individual, the labs really helps you do that. And so don't question it, jump in. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a fun group and what you were talking about, the, the round tables. We do them every month, so don't worry. You've got, you've, there's another one in like a week yeah. or something like that. So you've got another chance. Okay. But okay. these are group calls that we do every single month where we all get to talk and share about yeah. our experiments and get their questions answered and stuff like that. It's really fun. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing and for jumping in and sharing your story and your journey with human design with us today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing me in your world. (laughs) And thank you, listener, for making it all the way to the end of this show. We appreciate you. If you want that deconditioning guide again, you can go to the show notes or you can message me on Instagram, the word decondition, and we will send it to you. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to this show. And remember, In order to have an unshakable business, you must first become an unshakable human. So thank you for letting us help you on your journey of becoming unshakable with human design, everybody. We'll see you next time. 
If you love this episode and you're a fan of the show, please show us the love on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with other entrepreneurs on their human design journey, join our free Facebook community, Human Design for Entrepreneurs. Go to nicolelano.me forward slash podcast links to join the group, book a human design reading with me, or access our free human design resources. We'll see you there.